Hello, welcome and kumusta. My name is Hao and I am your occupational therapist and welcome to my podcast entitled OT Conversations. This is a podcast about occupational therapy and any other topics relating to the field, be it medical foundations or philosophical foundations, some of my personal and professional opinions and point of view. I am hoping that through this podcast, I'll be able to help out occupational therapy students and clinicians to navigate their way through their clinical practice involving occupational therapy. This episode of OT Conversation was done with my previous guest, Wang. Wang is an occupational therapist who's working in a uh, pediatric facility and she like myself, has accumulated a good amount of years working in the field of occupational therapy. Talking earlier on about how things change when you're working after a long period of time and that there is no... Uh, you're no longer just clinically working in the clinical sense where it is very prescriptive or it's very uh what's the word step by step where you very feel textbook yes very textbook where you mm. feel you're bound to to uh well you're still bound to rules but mm. you know like bound to processes you know it just feels like after a, a period of time you are now really addressing the real situation um, you're suggest you're, the the real situation in the unit. You're looking at the real problems, and your way and method of collaboration with other members of the team is much more real, isn't it? Much more, much more supportive and and collaborative. And I think as a senior therapist, you start to take on you know more calculated risk mm -hmm. than when you're um, younger and less experienced. So, at this stage, you kind of look into what you have an insight to what's going to happen next. Mm. Oh. Um, and so you can work towards that and have a bit of a leeway on how you can facilitate things. Mm -hmm. And other therapists as well, you're, if, if it's nice when you have a team that has the same kind of level of experience. So you you can discuss things in a very mature way i see what you mean yeah and you, you don't you don't limit yourself it's more like a can do attitude which is nice it's a can do attitude mm. when you're working at a level that is more on a senior level not in an authority way but no. when you have an experience isn't it mm. it's not authoritative at all because you they they know they know a way we all know when you think yeah this i'm no or you know you're wrong and it's not it's not uh what do you call this appropriate for the situation mm. but you also know and they res we all respect each other's decision and try and work towards one goal for the patients that we see <coughs> it's like this patient mm -hmm. that wanted a spinal cord injury mm -hmm. 14 years old he's very so, the, so the, the spinal cord injury patient that you have mm -hmm. is 14 years old very tall very uh, uh, very you know 
tall, good, good, active, yeah, good looking, good looking, big you know, build, and also very strong mm -hmm. in the upper body. So spinal cord injury, <laughs> what level the, uh, was it? T nine. T nine, so thoracic. Yeah. So T nine motor com looks. T9 complete motor. Is it? And uh, they're aware of it? Sensory partial. Sensory partial mm. motor complete. Yeah. Okay. And they're now aware of it. <coughs> Pre initially, they were still hopeful that there'd be... <coughs> there'd be um, something that they can do, that medically can be done. But I think we're gearing towards this is it, really. But there's rehab, you know, referral to a specialist facility there's still a referral yeah and i think it's likely to be accepted we had a meeting with the facility and he's on our list so this would have been a what pediatric rehab facility for spinal cord injury well it's not well there's no pediatric rehab facility in the uk for it's specific well there's a, a few beds in one of the centers for pediatric but well, for spinal cord injury mm. So well, what can I, is it Stoke Mandeville? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pediatric, which no, would have been. <coughs> yeah, they they accept pediatric, but there's not a lot of beds for beds. Mm. Which would have been from sixteen below, is it? Mm. Okay. Uh, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen below. Um. And it's still gonna be a wait, but the thing is, he's medically, you know, optimized, optimized and he needs to go. He's what, stable. He wants to go home. He wants to go home. Mm -hmm. So this person at the moment is actually in a hospital. Yeah. You are working with him. I imagine he would have been in the hospital for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. How? Six months? Three months? No, no, not that long. I think it's just a few weeks. Few weeks only? Yeah, a few weeks. Okay. Um, few he, weeks? He just, I don't think even... Yeah, not, not that long. But he's, uh, he had a course of treatment and there were... I don't want to go into much detail about the diagnosis. And but is it an accidental? <laughs> no. No, ah, it's, no, it's not accidental. So there's a yeah, history of... So there's a medical medical problem that caused it rather than... Uh, well, there were lots of investigations. Is it spinal stroke? Is it transverse uh, myelitis? Is, uh, it, uh -huh. there's a, is it infections, inflammatory? Because it just suddenly happened. Mm -hmm. It suddenly happened that okay. he started losing control on the lower half. Okay. And <clears throat> he, until to a point that he couldn't walk, and he just dropped. So he was rushed to hospital, mm. had a course of treatment, and there's so many teams involved. It's not neuro. I'm part of the neuro team, but there's also the, <clears throat> what team is that? Uh, Can't be orthopedics. Oncology. Okay. There's also that. Okay. Um, but I go through any, across anyway speciality so that's fine there's no other mm. OT to cover but so that's that's what that's where he is medically now okay he wants to go on a weekend leave at least to try how it's like to go home mm -hmm. so and it's a good thing with our facility we're allowing the people to do children to do that mm -hmm. we save the bed for the keep the bed mm -hmm. let them try going home and then come back yeah. And any concerns, we can still manage it. We can still do something about it before we fully discharge home. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so the, what about the risks? What you were talking about the risks earlier on. Right, yeah. So because it's a s sudden 
he's already known to me and I'm, I've been starting communicating with the team so even before there's a plan for go for this plan for going home and he's still very medical I started talking to the referring to community team mm -hmm. referring to wheelchair services so they have a heads up mm -hmm. now says once there is a, a go ahead to go home then they're aware and they can help um, so this week suddenly they just decided to remove the vascath and then his that it is medically ready any time <coughs> Vascat. Uh, the um, big, uh, big lines. Because yeah, oh, he, um, he had the plasma exchange. So just to clear out everything and mm. see. If, Plasmaphoresis, yeah. yeah. Um, and then what happened? So the parents were asking if they can go home this weekend. So this happened just this week. Uh, mm. That's just Tuesday. And we didn't have any equipment yet. Mm -hmm. So what do we need? So to try going home, mm -hmm. we're trying to establish what do we need mm -hmm. and some of the equipment. So what equipment do you have in mind? And since since I'm, uh, physios are very actively involved with his rehab, so they're really doing strengthening and all mm -hmm. the mobility and transfers. Mm -hmm. um, at, at the moment, he he transfers with. A sliding transfer board. board, yeah, a sliding board. Mm. Um, it but, but that's a compensatory method, isn't it? So strategy, which means you know the the rehabilitation is a functional rehab, mm -hmm. meaning the person needed to do the <coughs> things. But he can, yeah. If so, functionally, he he can, uh, he's he can dress himself. He can now. Yeah, he can do in a modified more. way. Yeah, in a modified way. He's very good problem solving and, and finding ways on how he can do things differently. Mm. We talked about it and he's already making plans of how he's going going upstairs mm. at home. Really? Yeah. Going up in his bottom. Yeah, going some bottom. I know that. And I, I can do that. this I can and predict do that. that. Um, so really downstairs. Temporarily this weekend they agreed it's going to be downstairs. But they will. I, I have no doubt they will try going upstairs. <laughs> Is there? Are there any slight potential slight movement on the legs at all? No. There's none. No. There's no movement. movement. But uh, there's feeling. There's some. Yeah. There's some feeling. It's a partial sensory. So from T nine level, it doesn't have bowel control. He's uh, no bowel bladder control. <clears throat> he can't. Uh, you know contract his tummy so although he can sit he can sit unsupported it's still very difficult for him once he if, if he if he, he goes on a, he lean forwards on an angle of about 30 40 degrees he loses control and that's scary doesn't have balance yeah <coughs> but he Excuse can me. he can keep himself upright <coughs> he cannot he can. He can. Mm -hmm. If it is upright, but He's leaning upright. forward. Leaning forward is a, is a bit scary. He can't do that. It's just, he has to be holding on. He's using yeah, his he hand. Because he, he can't move his legs. So that's that's one thing that he's worried about. He can't contract his tummy. Um, so this weekend, what we decided so, is to have a commode for at least near the um near the couch with a mobile commode so it's easy to roll him 
um, push him to the toilet and it would fit the toilet downstairs. I didn't need to do a home visit for this. It was because it was all rushed. So mm. I got I got the dad to do the measurements. So would me. would you have would you have chosen if it was a standardized thing? Would you have chosen to do uh, an access visit if you had if you were given time? Um, if I'm doubtful that the parent parents or him would mm -hmm. not provide me an accurate picture of how things are gonna be at home, mm -hmm. I would have. Yeah. But and analyzing the situation, the mm -hmm. information they provided, how engaged they were, how engaged he is, and and looking at it or everything he's doing at the moment, mm -hmm. I don't need to. Uh, and that was the risk that you were talking <clears throat> about, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, this is what you call the ri calculated risk you're taking. And and it's it's not just me, it's the whole team as well. They, were, they can vouch for it and we can see it. He can... Mm. <clears throat> I got pictures of the home. And I'll also... The community OT has not, I've been in contact with them already mm -hmm. and they're going to follow up. Right. So there is that collaboration already happening. So technically as an acute therapist I could, but if I can work without doing that and having someone else that's more kind of be long term um working with him. Mm -hmm. I don't need to, really. So the risk is this, you know, the person is trying to plan, They, you guys are planning to do an access visit and everybody agreed that this needed to happen mm. and everybody is working towards this, uh, including the multidisciplinary team. So it's not just your call. Everybody is really working on this. Mm. And you have made decision that he can go based on the information that you have obtained where family was providing the information and because you you were pleased about the information that they were providing because you have confidence in the situation that what the family was providing was reliable so you had to forego of the actual access assessment access visit which is very good and in some ways, you know, it comes with experience, you know, the confidence of doing that. Looking back, if I was younger, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would, I would have gone out. No. <laughs> you wouldn't let I, that happen, I, won't I, you? I will go out, I'll do my measurements, I'll see you there. I, you know, so many uh, things that I want to look into yeah. before I send you home. <laughs> exactly. And I wouldn't have let you go without a bed downstairs. But then... You know, parents, oh, f first, they don't, they, it's on the weekend, mm. you know, and he might not, he might not even stay downstairs. Mm. And it's for them, it's a w waste of, of time, time resources. resources and space. It's very impractical to yeah. do those things at the moment. But by, if you go by the book, you would need a bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need the commode. Yeah. It has to be high low, it has to be level. Uh. But look, he, I know this is this is really tricky because he is a strong boy. Oh yeah. Upper body, he could carry you 
You know, Woody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's how strong he is. He, he, car transfers. He's already thinking he'll swing through the car. You know? He'll swing it, and it's acceptable, isn't it? Yeah. It's an acceptable risk mm. because you have worked with the client and the family, mm. and it is doable, isn't it? So potentially, for the time being, try weekend mm -hmm. is the plan. Yeah. They have made. Uh, recommendations themselves that they might try sleeping on the couch mm -hmm. and that is doable for those aspects where it's difficult to do slide transfers because of an unlevel or the the, the surfaces are not level say from a commode to a chair that's the, the the father would help mm -hmm. so they have accommodated for those uh, those situations mm -hmm. and it is a risk that is there but it is accepted and it's acknowledged where there'd be uh, when once there are problems there'd be no blame isn't it mm -hmm. and i think why there's not going to be any blame is because it's a proper collaborative working isn't it it is you're working with them yeah and, and they're working with you and yeah. it's not you're not just dictating what yeah. you want them to to do at home because yeah, yeah. they'll be the experts in that area that's their home that's their son mm. and they know you're here there to support uh, because we have the knowledge of of his medical needs and we can just put them all together and make a plan together and mm. i think that makes discharge better mm. um makes right. our discharge planning better mm. um and uh, we've, we gave them the option of the bed but mm -hmm. they just at the moment they said let's keep it simple okay <laughs> which is so true mm -hmm. it's just a weekend we're not going yet okay if, if in the weekend we think that's really gonna be an issue in the long term then mm -hmm. we'll let you know and that's perfect said yeah okay i'll see you again on monday see how you get on and then um it's we can so when were they on. going when they were going on a friday or is it it now so they left yesterday okay and coming back on Sunday. So they were going on a Saturday and then we'll be coming back on potentially on a oh, Sunday. Where are we now? Okay, we're, we're not, we're not uh, oh. dictating dates and time. Okay. So it's a proper case. So okay. at some point, at some time, it's going to happen. It's a trial discharge. Mm -hmm. So I think once this is published, this would have, uh, the event would have taken probably, you don't know guys, it's probably going to be six months down the line or the situation has happened. Uh, but we're, we're sure to follow this up. Uh, at the moment, we're talking about calculated risk. I think the theme of this discussion is about calculated risk. And the risks, as you get more clinically mature, you get to accept those risks and you're happy to take on those risks because you're acknowledging that everybody in the team, and that includes the parents, and the person yeah the clients they are part of the people making the decisions and they have been planning all of the uh uh what do you call this uh the the solutions to potential problems isn't it mm -hmm. yeah okay i mean from my situation i have just recently had uh, a case as well and the person is is a uh, grown-up man had uh, an operation as well um and 
And in the morning, the our, our rehab assistant has had wash and dress practice with this guy, and he managed to do it. He showered on his own, he got changed, he got dressed. He's walking with a walking frame. And he was so keen to go home. And uh, But I just needed to go and see this guy at the end of the day, just to finalize everything else, just to find out, just to uh, check what was happening. And then when I came in to see him, he was just uh, uh, he was just upset for that for some reason he was not being allowed to go home because he only managed to step ups, you know, on their stair simulation, you know, with the rehab or the physio assistant, and he wasn't pleased. And then, and and he was really almost. You can you can look into him, and he was really shaking, trying to control his temper, and couldn't see the reason why he could not be allowed to go home. So I explored the situation with him, and he said that he's had some knee operations in the past, and he was having some difficulty already. And then he said that if it, if it takes him time to go upstairs, he'll pace himself. He'll stand up uh, on two steps and then wait and then do it again. But in himself, he was very confident that he is good to go. And he really wanted to leave the hospital. And so the doctors, the surgeon was happy. The nurses were happy. Functionally, he was good. And I was happy because he's actually doing good. And he has the capacity to make these decisions. And then... The only thing that's different there is that clinically, uh, the the uh, the recommendation of one of the members of the team, which would have been the the, the physiotherapy team, was uh, was that you know they were asking for two more days for the client to stay to try the stairs to so that he can do the full flight of stairs, mm. and uh, and this is just really the 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 person was just not really happy about this can he not stay downstairs oh well he could he could make that decision to stay mm -hmm. downstairs but the, the client well, he does can walk, so he, can he, walk. he can walk it's yeah. just uh, the stamina is it to and get no no, no it's what, not even that he's just slow because of the the knee problem and maybe because he was having oh, difficulty he had a, uh, a a history of of knee replacement yeah so so he's his argument was that going up and down the stairs was not a was never been has never been easy anyway mm. it's always been difficult so this guy had a, a a thoracic surgery a form of thoracic surgery so if it was the case you would be worried about you know the the breathlessness or the heart rate mm, or the, the stamina knee. and the endurance yeah but not the knee mm. isn't it's it the knee that, that's pre-admission yeah that's all been there so that's yeah so this guy he did not manage to do the stairs but the reason is not because of the chest and the stamina issue mm -hmm. the issue is because of the the physical reason that it was difficult and they only managed to do two steps and the physio was arguing that and and negotiating to uh, to at least have two more days with the hope that it would improve, yeah? With the hope that it would improve because they didn't get to do it the first time. We don't know whether, you know, they didn't push it hard enough or or they were rushing the session. But ideally, so you, 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 you 
take note of the problem. So the reason why they were admitted is because of a form of a surgery on the on the th thoracic region. So really, the cause of the stair problem should just be related to that. shouldn't be related to the cause of the actual problem, which is coming from a, a biomechanical issue, isn't it? Um, unless he was admitted for the knee operation, then yes, isn't it? Mm. So that was the situation, and and the uh, what I did it just happened that the 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 senior uh, clinician, senior physiotherapist, uh, walked by, and so I raised the concern in the situation. So I didn't mention the case, and as soon as I mentioned it, you know, the case at the very beginning, from the very beginning, I told this heard the story of where we're at and what our issues it's like straight away the physio says yes go send him home that was fine mm. you know yeah. which is which is which reflects what I, we were talking about about the the clinical maturity where you accept the risk and you accept the risk because you are in collaboration with the client mm. the client is a big part of the team and a big part of the uh uh, your decision making and uh, so I did mention that to the client he was so pleased and uh, that he was going home now after that you know when we went back to the office the clinician the, the, the clinician who was asking for two more days approached me and said you know were you really happy and I know I know she wasn't pleased because her decision was was overridden uh, and I think that's another conversation on another part of the day and I'd like to have a good conversation with her just so that she can uh, factor in the things that we talked about now mm. you know uh, she and I understand you know as a young clinician really as a new, being a new clinician you really wanted to go by the book isn't it? You don't want to break the rules. No, it's because the reasoning is backed up by the, by that. At the moment, that's, that's where you're getting the backup for what your decisions are. Whereas if you have that vast experience already, you can connect all those situations mm. in the past and yes. use that as an evidence uh -huh. that this could actually work. Uh. And this is fine. It's, all, it's fine to do that. You can you can already anticipate what's going to happen next, mm. sort of. And you have that um, emotional and professional maturity as you get to that level of experience. I think that's why. And as a, as a young clinician, you don't have anything to back you up but the mm. book, mm. really, and the guidelines. So mm. you kind of stick to that. Mm. And I, you know, we've been through that too. Yeah. And it's it's a tricky, tricky stage mm. because you want to prove yourself. At the same time, you want to be sure that this is safe to do. Uh, how how is this safe if you've not seen it? You know, that uh, kind of question. Yes. Uh, I've not seen it. I've not seen you transfer. Can you do it? I don't want to do it now, but yeah, I have to see it, you know, uh, so that those stages. I hear that regularly, yeah. you know, with younger clinicians, with people I'm working with, it's like, well, can they go and put on their bottom-up clothing? I don't know. I haven't I'm seen it. it. Yeah, we just, no. Yeah, you have to analyze it, analyze isn't it? Analyze the movement, analyze when you're talking. You don't, uh, like the other day, one of my patients, she's still asleep, she's just on the bed, and... 
uh, one and then the other therapist was with supported joints and the I said, oh, we can't do a session. She's asleep. But the dad's awake, you know. Mm. So I thought, mm, is it okay, dad, if I stay? Just have a little chat. And while I'm observing her sleeping, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And we were talking and I can see her moving her arm. She's very dense on the left. She can't move her left. But I can see the, the right arm moving everywhere and mm-hmm. the left leg and the right leg on a frog position. And then... She moves her head. She's just so, so every. I'm observing her already while she's sleeping, and that's my assessment. And you were doing an assessment. And I was doing an assessment while talking to dad, and I got so many information from that thirty minutes talking to dad. Just talking to dad yeah. is amazing. Yeah, was really so so it's it's well you know as you get more mature and more of an expert, you become you become a super therapist. You manage to make an assessment. When the person is asleep, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> it's that full assessment, but I had I, I managed to get so much out of it. Yeah, it's that thirty minute session that is precious, you know, because you see a lot when the ch- when the child is asleep too. It's not it's a normal kind of movements. It's it's not um, anticipated. They just um, you see the the normal positioning, the relaxed position. Yeah, so the symmetry. The symmetry, uh, you can. Uh, because this child's three-year-old diagnosed oh, with still stroke, young. with a stroke, uh-huh. and and they're saying it's hemi on the left. Uh-huh. Not sure of the movement. If there's movement, there's no movement. But you can see there's just no movement on while well, asleep. Uh-huh. But the right side, the positioning, the posturing of the other half it's is no very normal. normal very, uh. The tone <coughs> is you can tell from from how it looks like. That the tone is there, that there's normal tone, whereas the left is completely flat and flaccid. Mm. And I see. <laughs> so it's more of a. Um, so you didn't need to assess again. One, there's a few factors here. Mm. So there the person would be an assessment to follow. Yeah, yeah. There'd be like an awake, <laughs> yeah. awake session. Yeah. But that's a sleep session, and yeah. and really, my plan was just to talk to dad and yeah. gather information, um, how she was before, what mm, things are already in place. Yeah. Was there any... And in that in that moment, I also found out that she's already known to community team because of other things. Mm. And she has some equipment already. She's using this, she's doing that. She can do this and that before this. Mm. And I got the number of the community OT. Already spoke to the community OT after that. And she's... um, And they already know her. So, uh, from that, from uh, that already saved me the referral <laughs> that I was supposed to do, you know, that saves me time. So mm. that's how quick the process. Thirty you can minutes, do it. thirty minute session. Child's asleep. It's no, there's no reason not to do anything. And uh, the, there's no reason not to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I've just been saying to people as well. You know, uh, you can. You just need to be there. Mm. Isn't it? You can do things. You just need to be there. It's just like a relationship, you know. Mm. You don't have to do anything. You just gotta be there. <laughs> yeah. Establishing rapport starts there. It's an OT process, isn't it? With the parents for us. I don't know with the adult, of course. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's You're right. And and there's a few factors I was telling earlier on with that particular case and scenario that you uh, had shown. Uh, one of the scenario there was one. The child is, is, is a child. It's a young child. So when the person was asleep, your assessment uh, 
on the physical ability of the child, you manage to do that simply by observing the postural alignment. Mm -hmm. And you're able to tell that one is dysfunctional or functional based on the posture because you're aware of the pathological or, or, or impaired posturing. You know, when somebody has had like hemiplegia, for example, like what you said, like a frog position, mm. flaccid, as compared to the other one where it's more aligned. I'm sure you've seen that the shoulder, the scapula, the arm, mm. you know, was more moving. You like the tone, you can just observe mm. that even without examination, you know. Mm. And there should be symmetrical. It's it's asymmetry, isn't it? Mm. There was asymmetry there, and just by that uh, on that alone, you can see. You can see where the head is leaning. Uh huh. And then I asked that is she normally like this? No, she would. No, before this, she could bring her head to the middle and stay oh. on the other side. But since she's been like this, she's always on this side. On the one side. On the yeah. one side, and then and then the diamond she showed me. Oh, I think her left is painful. Mm. Uh, how did how did you know that? Well, look, look, and she he 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 touched the left leg, and he and she winced and started crying mm. so there is some sensory issue which no one can tell mm -hmm. no one has have uh, no one has seen uh -huh. because she's always awake when she's <clears throat> when when someone's visiting wow so you touch the leg touch the, leg the child that well actually the dad touched the leg the dad touched the leg she wins and and you're already suspecting paresthesia in there yeah hypersensitivity exactly. uh you know Exactly. Whereas I said, can you touch the other leg? So I've been asking the dad, not me, so she doesn't get angry at me. So I'm establishing rapport with the child yeah. too. So, so the, the child was asleep? Yeah, well, in Partly. and out of sleep. I see. She's okay. in and out of sleep. Mm. She, we tried waking her up. So I think that was that was my plan too. If she fully wakes up, then we can continue with the assessment. Mm. And then dad touched the other side and she didn't care. Mm. She was fine and yeah. just carried on sleeping. See? So, and then at the other side again, and then... And, and they were crying. Yeah, yeah she was so crying. Was and yeah. apart from the physical observation based on that, you know, I think as occupational therapists, we always assess, look at the bigger picture, isn't it? What's the situation at home? Where yeah. are we? What's happening? And based on that, you manage to find, to to establish from the dad what the home setup is, uh, what they were, you know, you managed to find out the support services already. Wow, there's so many things, isn't there's it? So many things. It's like no opening a door mm -hmm. that is not in the hospital. It's a completely different um, perspective mm. of what you see on the bed. Mm. So this child's doing this. She's doing. She can already. She was. She has some conditions already. <clears throat> But, and she's very, she has some delay before mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. but she was beginning to be more independent to walk. She was, she used to have a walker. Was it a cerebral palsy? No, um, dance. So she has trisomy 21. Trisomy 21. Um, so she's delayed already, but she's been, I she's see. been very hypermobile. Uh. She wears a lycra suit. She has a physio and OT in the community. She goes to special school. So there's so many things. And, but then knowing the home situation like they there there are four of them and they mm. only have a, they, have, they have they have one bedroom flat mm. which is in the first floor so it means they, she needs to access a flight of stairs mm. although she's still at some point she's just, still little she can, she be, can carried, be carried yeah but equipment wise if mm. she'll be needing a specialist buggy specialist seating mm. that's hard 
to get to the upstairs. Mm. There's no lift mm. in the fa facility. It can't be left downstairs. Mm. And she has special. She needs. She needs some kind of postural support now. Mm. And at her age, three years old, you need some kind of specialist seating for children to be able to to engage in most activities. Um, so that is a situation for the community team. Mm. But you're already looking into that as well. Right. So, th so the, the 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 clients already got some some uh, genetic problems uh, like trisomy 21 as you said trisomy 21 and that was the reason why she was known to or the, per the child mm. was known to the community this team this is a new illness and now it's a new sudden. problem and it's uh, in addition so to in addition to it yeah okay all right mm. okay well that's good that's good and, and looking at her in in on uh, looking at her on the bed where her leg was actually very, very abducted to her side. <laughs> mm. That is a, it's just a sign of her hypermobility. It is hypermobility, mm. isn't it? Uh, which is part of the trisomy 21. Yeah. But if you don't know that, you'll be like, wow, that looks like dislocated. Yeah, <laughs> so you should be. Okay. Mm. Um, now, wow, I think that's a very, very wonderful discussion, isn't it? So we've talked about taking risks, uh, about the, uh, you know, like controlled risks associating uh, clients uh, and taking clients as part of our decision making. Collaborative working. Collaborative working, uh, almost like activity analysis being involved. Um, as early as possible um, and uh, and the value of experience so do we have any advice to any younger clinicians then or I mean not not younger new clinicians or emerging clinicians about this how would they go about with it um, if in doubt consult with your seniors yes um get the wisdom yeah get learn wisdom from those people who have had more experience mm -hmm. isn't it run the case over with them if you have and it would have been nice if you have run the case over with them but make sure from my experience anyway make sure that you've done what you can anyway first you've learned a lot You've established enough information mm -hmm. about the case and about the situation. You should have done your homework first, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you should have done the uh, establishing the baseline. What is the situation? What are the scientific merits of the case? What's the narrative merits of the case? What are the pragmatic merits of the case? And then, once you have all of those information, then you can go to your uh, uh, senior support and you can run the case over so that you can make a decision together. Isn't and it? And also really listen to your clients. Because mm -hmm. they have the insight to yeah. their home situation, which you can't see. Yeah. And you know, don't dismiss. And factor that in. That's what I meant about looking at the narrative case, you know, on the clinical reasoning. So scientific being everything about the case, 
uh, narrative being about everything about the clients, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and I think you have as a young clinician, and for those of you who are listening, uh, you they really need to try and do some things first because from my experience, mm-hmm. what I'm getting is that they see the case, it's complicated. They don't even want to push themselves forward. They see the case, like for example, spinal cord injury. Oh, I don't know this. I have not had any situations then like this before. Then already. already, I can't do this. I am so stressed already. It's like, oh my god, I can't do this. You know, and that's it. You know, that's it. And you can't do anything. You can't learn. You're not gonna grow, isn't it? A senior therapist, we're still learning. It's not that we don't. We're not. We're experts already. We we know the situation, but we're still learning every time. Mm. So we're still also taking, you know, risks all the time. Mm. But um, as young clinicians, don't be, don't be what do you call this, confined, confined, or don't be stopped by uh, situations that you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Seek I advice. Seek, seek ad- support. Learn about it. Learn. Continue learning. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, oh, again, this is again a, 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 a repeating scenario, you know, young clinicians, obviously without a lot of experience yet, but as soon as they see a case that they didn't have any understanding, they are so quick, people are so quick to back out. And it doesn't help them professionally, you know, because you don't grow. All right, shall we conclude this? Yeah. Is this a very good conversation? <laughs> okay. Is this a good conversation? Yeah. It is a good conversation. So, uh, my name is Hao and I am with Wang. And this is uh, OT Conversations. Bye. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, talk to your friends and colleagues about it. Like it, subscribe, share, and do what you can to appease whatever algorithm that is at play. I am but your humble clinician, albeit with years of experience, I have very little understanding of this digital world. So if you have any questions or if you have topics that you want me to talk about, drop me an email. It's riot.conversations at gmail.com. Just remember, guys, anything you do matters and has an outcome. Until next time, bye.